Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. We are here on a Friday night to break down the pregame for the Packers-Bears Week 12 matchup this Sunday. And I am here, as always, with my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Doing well. We're into December now. Yep. Rolling around towards Christmas, for those of you who enjoy Christmas. Which Mariah, Mariah Carey has appeared from her, her hole in the ground to uh, <laughs> bless our ears once again. So... How many weeks is it till Christmas when she if she, she sees her shadow or not? Yeah, I, I this think sounds it's, very very Groundhog Day esque. <laughs> it is honestly. She <laughs> makes her way back out here about once a year, and it, you know it's about that time of the year. Whatever holidays you celebrate, we hope you have a happy holidays. But we are here to break down what is surely to be an awful game between two. Frankly, awful teams between the Green Bay Packers and the it, Chicago Bears. I think this game has. Uh, potential to be entertainingly entertaining. There, there could be there could be some points run up because both defenses are terrible. I I actually was going to say that. Uh, take the over in this game. The Packers are four and eight. The Bears are three and nine. It's it's going to be something because both defenses are like my dad said, pretty pretty damn bad and prone to giving up large sums of points. And yeah. bonus content for this game. They're playing for who has the most all-time wins, Dad. I know this is like there are stakes here. There this are why, stakes. This is there are stakes. This is why this is why the Packers are going to take. This is their chance to the the Bears and Packers are tied for this for wins all time in the NFL. Yep. So the winner this week moves into first place. Oh and yeah. The Bears have been in first place or have not been out of first place since. Like almost like 80, 90 years. I was going to say, I was going to say, I wouldn't even know. A long time. Before you, you like were 30. born. Yes. Yeah. It's possible it's even before, like, is it that long? Could it be that long ago? Before, I don't, before, your, before my dad was born? Possibly. It could be. But it, all that coming to an end. And of course, the Packers still have a 2% chance of making the playoffs. So let's not forget that. Still, Oh, on, yeah. This, still this, on the table. They're big stakes. You know, you might, people might be watching tankathon.com to see where the Packers draft picks are, but, but they're still they're still shooting for the playoffs. Who's watching Tankathon, Dad? <laughs> not me. I would never. I would never look at... Never, I would never ever, have already done... Ever. Make more than one. I would never have already done four mock drafts picking at the Packers' <laughs> eighth overall spot right now. Um, but anyway, well, at least you aren't setting it up to pick at the number two overall spot. I mean, shoot, if I could, I would. Um, but anyway, the Packers are playing this weekend. We're going to break it all down for you. But first, we just wanted to pitch a couple of things. If you enjoy what you're listening to, we'd really appreciate if you came follow us on our socials. On Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. We tweet out when we have new episodes, when we have any articles we find interesting, videos we find interesting. We just tweeted out a video Darius Slay, the corner for the Eagles, had talking a bit about Jordan Love and Christian Watson. Watson, et cetera, that the volume posted and we found interesting, so we retweeted it. And any Packers yep. news, injury notes, analysis, stuff that we find interesting that other Packers content creators are making, we just like sharing that because we think that you might find it interesting. And then if you really like us, come subscribe to us on YouTube because it would really help our numbers, Father Son Packers podcast on YouTube. And we would really appreciate it. Uh, Dad, you got anything to add there? Should we get into this? Yeah, well, Darius Slay was singing uh, Jordan Lowe's praises after that game. Yeah, he was singing Jordan Love's praises. He apparently, he told uh, Christian Watson during the game, slow down, Roadrunner, slow down, <laughs> which was one of my favorite quotes. And uh, he said that... Uh, meep, meep. 
AJ Dillon's got the biggest legs he's ever seen. Was uh, some fun quotes from that video. I'd recommend checking it out if you haven't already. But anyway, let's get into this game breakdown and let's start with the injury report. Dad, pretty clean on both sides. We're going to read it through right now. We are recording on Friday, so we do have official designations out for the Packers. Big surprise today, Dad. The big one is David Bakhtiari will be out after undergoing an appendectomy today. Yeah, I saw that he, you know, first thing I saw this this morning about it was that he didn't practice today. It's like, oh, I guess they decided to give him a second day off this week. And then it wasn't until like 10 hours later or something that I saw um, he's... He's got an, an appendectomy today. Yeah, so who so, knows how long he's going to be out with that? Yeah, that, that Abdominal that, surgery uh, can take a while to recover from. Yeah, could knock him out a while. He did tweet after that he's feeling all right. He's just resting up, so obviously good. Hopefully you rest up, Bakhtiari. Take some time, you know. Um, take care of yourself. But he did tweet that he just kind of went to the team doctor with some abdomen pain. He thought he had a strained ab or something like that. And they said, no, you need surgery. So he will not be playing this weekend. I would expect Zach Tom to step in at left tackle for him. It's kind of what they've done this year when Bakhtiari's had to miss suddenly last minute. And, you know, it's always good to let the rookies get some play, especially because the Packers are kind of out of it now a little bit. Uh, Not technically, but mostly. Beyond that, uh, Devondre Campbell, who has been missing since the Bills game, is questionable for this game after practicing in a limited capacity all week. I actually expect him to play. I think that he has a good yeah. chance of playing, especially after practicing all week. And he practiced maybe one he day can last save this too. defense. No, yeah, that that that, can, that he'll provide some organization, and players will know where they're supposed to go if he's out there running the defense. I don't know. I'm 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 not optimistic. You know. But- unicorn dust and fairy dust on on uh the the prospects for the team now already dusty and crusty (laughs) packers defense uh but it also definitely it'll be nice to get him out there because he's it's fun to watch him play and dobbs is also limited practice all week exactly that was the next one we're gonna get to he is questionable limited all week we might get to see the future of this receiver core in watson and dobbs side by side i think They've only played like five snaps together or something. No, like it's that. not it's, that few. I saw somebody tweet really it. I low, can't remember right? who. No, it was like fifty-four. Okay, total, okay. But, but less than a game's worth. I was going to say about a game's worth. I guess um, it's spread out. Yeah. yeah. So, but Dobbs, uh, most likely, go- hopefully, I wouldn't say most likely. Matt Lafleur said he wasn't sure. It's definitely on the table. You know, Matt Lafleur and his coach speak, but hoping Dobbs will play and we'll get to see them together. Then beyond you that, Matt Lafleur and his coach speak. What you mean is name a more. Says, doesn't mean anything. Name a more iconic duo and Matt LaFleur. <laughs> I mean, it's like the McCarthyism, where it's like, uh, that's that's uh, Mike McCarthy. Um, <laughs> right, not, not, not former McCarthy. Wisconsin uh, Red Scare, um, Joe, Joe Red Scare McCarthy. Uh, but anyway, uh, McCarthyism, well, it's like anything, uh, which was always a great quote. And then beyond that last item on the Packers injury report, two things. Um, Savage, doubtful for this game. Uh, kind of expected, got hurt very early in the Eagles game and didn't come back. And then Rodgers is not on the injury report at all, so it's going to be right. good to go for him. In some ways, that's the big surprise. Everybody was already, a week ago, talking about how well, this is going to be the battle of the backups at QB. Yeah, and now we're going to get the starters because... And, and, and neither Fields nor Rodgers has an injury designation. Exactly. Um, and that's a great transition over to the Bears side of the injury report where, like you said... Fields does not carry an injury designation in this game, so it sounds like he is going to play. Beyond that, they have a similar-sized injury report to ourselves, if not a little bit larger. 
Uh, first off, just to lead off, they recently placed both Darnell Mooney, their number one wide receiver, and Eddie Jackson, their starting uh, former Pro Bowl safety, onto injured reserve, so they're not going to have either of them for this game. Beyond that, on their actual official injury report, Larry Borum, one of their offensive linemen, is going to be out this game. Jaquan Brisker, uh, their uh, starting safety, one of their their other starting safety, is going to be out this game. So keep an eye on that secondary for them. They are going to be a little bit dinged up. Kyler Gordon, one of their starting corners, also out, another member of their secondary. Trevor Simeon, their backup quarterback, is going to be out, and he's going to be out for the season now because of an oblique injury he sustained in right. warm-ups I mean, in their last this game. Is, and, and that was the guy they thought was going to be starting in center field so we, just, just a week ago. Yeah, you know who their backup is now? It's uh, Tim Boyle Laser Show. Uh, is it? I think it's still Nathan Peterman, and Tim Boyle oh, is Peterman. the third. Maybe maybe Boyle's yes you you are probably right but that's a good catch though because I had forgotten that Tim Boyle Laser Show former Packers legend has now signed with the Chicago Bears. Beyond that, um, Riley Reef, one of their starting alignment, is questionable, but he did practice in full on Friday, so I would expect him to play. And Kendall Vildor, one of their corners, is also questionable, but also practiced in full on Friday, so I expect him to play as well. Anything that strikes you on these data, should we move on? I mean, the big thing you'll see, and we'll talk about it later, is. The Bears' secondary is a train wreck into a burning dumpster of tires. And we know a lot about train wrecks <laughs> into burning dumpster of fires. We know we know one when we see one. Yeah, they're really dinged up. Bit, missing both starting safeties. Missing one of their starting corners. I mean, it's tough. And it's definitely going to be something the Packers are going to look to exploit, I think. And we're definitely going to talk about that later. But, Dad, should we move into the meat of our game preview? Yeah, let's go into uh, start with our blast in the past. And so yeah. since it's a Take division it rival, we don't have to go that far in the past. So the Packers won their earlier matchup in Green Bay in, in week two, 27-10. In that game, Justin Fields only passed for 70 yards. Yeah. Only 48 net passing yards because he got, got sacked yeah. three times and threw one pick. And he also only ran for 20 yards. So some things are a lot different now. I think it was it was a few weeks after that, but they really started pushing the Fields running narrative and, and letting him have more designed runs, and uh, where he basically started leading the league in in uh, rushing yards per game. But the Bears still ran on the Packers very effectively. They had 180 yards at 6.7 yards per carry in that game. For the Packers, um, Sammy Watkins had his best game of the year, where he had 93 yards. Um, receiving, I think, on four catches. But some of the plays that they used for him, like I think he had the one long play on a, a slant across the middle. And those are some of the plays that are now, I think, running for Watson, who you know who could run that play and take it to the house after he's got it in his hands with his speed. Um, they combined for 203 yards rushing. Um, most effective was Jones had a big game. I think he averaged like over eight yards per carry. They had... Two sacks from Preston and one from Gary of those three sacks of Fields, and and the, that was when um, Jair had his interception late in the game to seal the game. I think it was that was the one that, that this interception in game two, and yeah. Rodgers was what I was going to say. Yeah, this was the game where it felt like the Packers were kind of like, oh well, they'll put it we together. We had we had our stinker week one, and now we're starting to put it together. Rodgers was only sacked one time by Rob Quinn. Robert, Robert Quinn, Quinn. Eagles Robert Quinn, now Eagles, who's now yeah. in Philadelphia. So the other thing about not only do the, um, the the Bears are missing their top, there's two starting safeties, 
and their quarterback who's had the most snaps. They've also traded away their best um, pass rusher and their best inside linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, it's a very different team than the and they traded for. They're now starting receiver Chase Claypool. It's a very different team than they played. They gave away one of their their second round pick, which is looking like a top thirty five, top forty pick. Somewhere Chase Claypool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very different team than this blast from the past shows. Yeah. You want to talk about what's going on more generally in Bears world then? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Bears world. We'd like to catch you up on what our opponents have been up to. And for the Bears, they are three and nine. They are last place in the NFC North. They are one game back from the Packers. They lost last week to the New York Jets 31 to 10. However, they like we said, they were missing their starting quarterback, Justin Fields, who missed that game with a sh- uh, separated shoulder that he suffered against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Non-throwing shoulder. Non-throwing it's shoulder. Yes. It's just for, for our listeners, this is non-throwing shoulder. Yes. And it's something to keep in mind for this game um, that not only did he suffer that shoulder injury in that game, which has been the big talking point and was the reason that he was held out of last game. He also suffered a bit of a hamstring injury in that game that hasn't been as reported, um, but that might impact some of his mobility and is definitely something to keep an eye on. Prior to that game against the Jets, though, where they got blown out, they had actually played three very close games against some decent competition. They were all losses, but they played against the Falcons, Lions, and Dolphins and lost those three games by a combined seven points. Very close games. And over those three games, Fields was averaging nearly 137 rushing yards per game, which is pretty crazy. And we're going to get more into that as we go into our breakdown. But that's kind of what's going on in Bears world. They are, I would say, probably pretty hopeful about the way that Fields has gone this year. He's still struggled to throw the ball at times, but he's definitely showed a lot more dynamism than he had in previous starts and in the previous year. Yeah. And they've also been willing to let him do what he's best at essentially, that has um, perked up their offense, which is running with the ball in his hands. Yeah, well, let's talk about this because let's get into what makes the Bears a tough matchup. If you don't mind, I would like to start. Um, The big thing, like you've been saying, is (laughs) Fields' rushing ability. Um, Per uh, Zare Kansabedian, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, on Twitter, from week three to week six, this is kind of about the Bears game plan in general and what has changed since the last time the Packers have played them. From week three to week six, though, Fields averaged one designed run per game. From week seven to 10, however, the coaching staff really kind of cranked up that designed run button and button to 11 designed run dial, you know, crank buttons um, (laughs) up to six designed (laughs) runs per game over that time span. They don't I didn't have stats for week 11, but just they're up to from one design running game to six design running games. Big difference uh, there. And since since that week seven New England game where they kind of cranked those up, Fields has averaged 110 rushing yards per game, 8.1 yards per carry, and has had at least one rushing touchdown in every game. So real big change in their offense from the last time the Packers played them. And not only is he steadily getting chunks, he's also creating a lot of explosives in the QB running game. He's had two different 60-yard carries in that time frame. And this rushing ability has really opened up their offense. Over this same time frame, so from week 7 to week 11, uh, they averaged 29.6 points per game against some pretty decent defenses, New England, Dallas, Miami. And that 29.6 points per game, if you extrapolated it over the entire length of the season, would be tied with the Chiefs for most points per game in the league. So 
really opened up their offense in that time frame by letting him run and giving him some actual designed runs. He is a special, special athlete. I mean, he looks, I don't, it's so hard to compare because he's just, he's just fast. He, he runs like Christian Watson in a lot of ways. Like he's just way faster than everyone else on the field. And, well, that's, and, 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 and wiggle as well. Yeah. He's got some wiggle, but it's not even like a hard, like he doesn't run like Lamar where Lamar like make quick stop decisive. He's all of the, uh, he's like playing a game of, I don't know, capture the flag out there or something where yeah, it's he's not just like, juking it's not in like all that. kinds of directions and dodging. And it's a lot of swerving and he's just, he's moves really fast and he's really big. Like he's not as big as Josh Allen, but he's, he's still big. He's pretty um, big. I was looking at that. He was bigger than I realized at six, three, yeah. two thirty eight or something. Yeah. He's a big dude. Um, yeah, he's, he's built. But that's kind of, I think, the main thing about the Bears and what makes them a tough a tough opponent. And we'll talk a little bit later about how, why that's specifically tough for the Packers. But, Dad, what do you think makes the Bears a tough matchup? Because I think I might have stolen right. the thunder a bit because that's the main thing. Well, but I mean, that is the thunder. I mean, you basically covered what is the only star power on the team right now, really, for the, for the Bears, yeah. is fields running. They've got nothing else really to be excited about. Um, and one thing I just add to that is Fields is on pace to break the QB rushing record for a season. For a season, I know. Of Lamar Jackson at 12.06. At his current pace, which isn't even adjusted for how they change the offense, as you talked about, he would end up like 12.85, I think, at okay. uh, his whatever it is, 57. And the Packers would be happy to a- oblige, I'm sure. <laughs> Based maybe, on how they played recently. maybe he'll break it this week. I know, right? He only has, I mean, you know, five hundred to go. If he had a ga- game, uh, if he took Jalen Hurts' first quarter from last week and then did that for a whole game, he's right there. He's yeah, right there. I what he's actually at now, but that would get him pretty close. He's, to, I think he's around uh, like eight sixty, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he could do that this game. Exactly. <laughs> totally reasonable. He could, like, unironically, easily get to a thousand yards this game. Yes, Very, like he I had thought about games like this. Average was, and get to a thousand yards. I was thinking about this in the last game. It's like, man, what if the Packers give up the all-time single-game rushing record to a quarterback? Oh, just like the full-on all-time. Yes, the yeah. full-on single-game rushing mark to a quarterback. They were on pace it's, after one quarter last week. Right, it that. is not out of the realm of possibility with the way they played run defense on a quarterback last week yeah i could mean have, it could have happened I think gonna, he could have got to 300 and broken the record for a single game when he ended forget with those one, running backs when he ended with 157 i'd argue that's that was a, a nice they result put, based on how they the put first the, quarter went they put the clamps on oh yeah <laughs> completely shut him down in that uh second half you know yeah but anyway dad what else do you have is uh, so i have some more so we okay. could talk a little bit about the other aspects that they have going for them i mean the they're really only good at one thing, which is running the ball. Um, they're 10th by DVOA from Football Outsiders. Their O-line has pretty good run-blocking metrics by DVO. They're 10th in adjusted line yards. And are particularly good at power rank, which is success in short yardage on third or fourth down. They're fourth in the league at that. And in stuff percentage, which are um, runs tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. So as an offensive line, they're third in that and, and fourth in the... Uh, the power rank. So they're good at those two metrics for run blocking. They are terrible at pass blocking, however. Dead last in adjusted sack rate. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about what they're bad at. Let's, can, let's right, the flowers it's, right it's now. It's almost hard not to, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hold that back. It, it just keeps 
you, you know, know what they say. Th- those facts keep spitting out. You know what they I've say. I've already skipped some of the bad stuff I was going to in balance. But you know what they say. What's that? The bears still suck. The bears still suck. The bears still and suck. The numbers back that up. Um, Montgomery is also a decent back. Yep. Um, um, although I would say he's been a bit disappointing this year. Yeah, and he's not, and they're missing their more effective back, which is Herbert, another guy who's out. Yep. Who was playing in that last game? He's yep. he, he's averaging like two yards more per carry than than Montgomery. The Montgomery still had some good games, and the only place where they're not bad in pass coverage is covering number two wide receivers where they're okay. tenth. Now, here's an interesting thing I I found. So, by Football Outsiders, their pass it's which measures their sack rate given up adjusted for opponent, and they're dead last. Shockingly, tracks the contracts. Kind of their pass block win rate by ESPN is third in the league. Oh, you know what that three means? Three spots. Yeah, you know what this means. So we'll get you know the, what that means. Three, what's that, what's, that means so, Fields takes a lot of sacks. Exactly. Which is kind of what people have been saying. But I mean, they're actually three spots above Green Bay in overall pass block win rate for the whole line. I mean, the thing um, is, and they're I, seventh I think, in run block has, win rate. Fields has something like, I mean, obviously, that's an artifact of how much he scrambles in some ways, but he has like the second or first longest time to throw in the league. Right. So, yeah, some of, and some of that is maybe a second or two longer than it should be. Yes. We've we've <laughs> talked a lot about we'll, we'll, Fields. We'll get to that. We will get to some of his negatives as well. But, yeah, so actually their O-line by ESPN's pass, um, blocking metrics, pass block win rate and run block win rate, which are a little different. What they're actually measuring is – um, how many, what percent of the time you keep the defense from pressuring the quarterback in um, less, I think it's less than two seconds is a loss. And as an offense, if you make it take longer than two, I think it's two seconds. I forget what the time cutoff is, but essentially measuring how often you are able to sustain a block longer than their cutoff, which might be two seconds. And that, and so, and their best graded offensive lineman is Tevin Jenkins. By PFF, hmm. fourth among guards. So this is a guy. This is a guy. A lot of Packers, including myself. Oh, this I kind of like this guy. Yeah, coming in the draft, Packers coming State. out of the draft mm-hmm. as a as a tackle, and he he, he struggled a bit, and, and then he got injured. But now that they moved him to guard, he's actually doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's much better at run blocking than pass blocking. Um, although the and then the ESPN grades actually like uh, another one of their guards, Cody Whitehair, even better than Jenkins. Hmm. So their interior I've, three. I've seen white hair before. I'm. I'm not. Yeah. So that that's also. I seen white hair play. I forget now if that was pass block win rate or run block win rate. Maybe it was run block win rate. And then so their interior three offensive line have actually graded fairly well by PFF. The tackles are not as good. Um, but the, for running, their actually best running lane has been behind the left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are where they've actually got some positives on offense. Yeah. And there's some positives. I think a lot of them are fields running game centric. And luckily for them, as we move on to talking about how they might try to exploit the Packers, quarterback run game, I mean, you couldn't have hit it more on the nail on the head for what the Packers Packers suck at. And let's look at last week as a nice little evidence of that. I mean, the Eagles just showed... They just showed the Bears the run game, the, the the game plan. This is all you have to do is run the quarterback, and the Packers don't know what to do. Um, I mean, like we said, Jalen Hurts ran for 102 yards in the first quarter. He ran for 157 yards overall, the fifth most by a quarterback ever. Two of those top five have been against the Packers. 
I mean, this was just yeah. last week. This was seven days. There's, or for us, it was five days ago. By the time this game happens, it'll be seven days ago. Copy, paste. Like, that's all they have to do. Um, we've t- And we talked a lot about this in the pregame for last week's game, so I don't want to harp on it too much, but the Packers are just under Joe Barry, terrible against running quarterbacks. They were bad against Josh Allen this year. They're bad against Daniel Jones this year. They were bad against Heineke last year. Gave up like 95 yards to him. Bad against Tyler Huntley last year. I mean, just bad against rushing quarterbacks. Pretty much right. the only time they've been good against a rushing quarterback was was Justin Fields in week two. And he didn't even really... They didn't even really have a design run game for him yet, so I'm a yeah, little bit worried about... it was still about... only like 20 yards. It was 20 it was, yards. It, was, yeah, it yeah, wasn't uh, nothing, but it was like 7 for 20. No, but it was it was low. Yeah. Yes, but I let's say I don't expect the same level of success. <laughs> they could hold him to 20 yards again. If they hold him to 20 <laughs> yards rushing, they're winning this game. Um, by, by, by a lot. By a lot. By yes. a lot. But they, I don't think they will. Unless his hamstring is a big... A hamstring and shoulder... There have been a lot of speculations as to... His shoulder injury and his uh, more so his shoulder injury, but also maybe his hamstring injury, causing the Bears coaching staff to maybe lighten the load on that quarterback running game just to protect him since they're not really playing for anything. So that is something to keep an eye on. They might just not run it with him nearly as much just to protect him. His maybe they won't do the designed back. runs as much. I guess we'll see. That's we'll what I'm thinking. But it's it's a li- it's really up in the air because he's we not carrying really... an injury designation, but he does still right. have that AC joint injury. So. It's hard right. to know. And we don't know what's the story with that hamstring at all. Exactly. And we can and only maybe, go off Maybe it's know. nothing. Maybe it's maybe the two weeks off will be, it's fine. I don't, yeah. We just don't know. But And there's only so much we can go off of. It's hard to speculate on injuries. But I think it's something to keep in mind that they might just completely dial the quarterback designed run game way back down again. And he might, might only be scrambles. But if they don't, the Packers allowed... I mean, just the running game in general, Packers allowed over 300 rushing yards last week. And currently, I mean, by football oh, just, have the dead last ranked rushing defense in the league by DVOA. Can I just say something? Over 300 undersells it. Yes. Because it was actually closer to 400 than It was 300. like 367, yes. I, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> I was trying to be nice to our cheap fellow cheeseheads, Dad. I was trying to give us some hope. Yeah, it was almost 400 yards. Very well could have been 400 yards if, you know. Um, I will say, though, David Montgomery is only averaging 52 yards a game this year and only four yards a carry. So there's at least that. They're not excellent running the ball either, um, except for quarterback runs. Um, But yeah, so way that they're going to exploit us, if he can, quarterback run game. And it's there for him. It's there for for the Bears coaching staff if they feel like they want to do it. They could run for 200. He could run for 200 yards in this game very easily. I mean, they... They had a quarterback spy on like half the plays last week. Did not did not mean yeah. jack. Didn't do one anything. thing. I, I'd like to see them change the alignment of their front a little bit to more specifically um, protect against designed runs. One thing they did is they but didn't they tried have, to. They tried. They to didn't do that. cover. They, they didn't cover the nose all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something like um, one of Hertz. Maybe it's the first actually designed run. The 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 middle is just wide open. But the thing is, they tried to. I mean, you just see the edge defenders. I think you need more than the edge defenders just crashing inside over and over again, and you're like, that happened to Preston once, where he crashed inside, and that gave up whatever that forty yard or whatever that one was. I realized this was an audio only podcast. I was blinking furiously. I don't know if (laughs) blinking, 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 blinking guy meme. I don't know if that conveyed over. Yeah, blinking guy meme. Dot png. Dot gif. Dot whatever. 
but yeah, that's the main way that I think the Bears can exploit the Packers. Dad, what did you have? So I can add to that. That, of course, is number one. But Number one with a bullet. You've got that well covered. So what else could they possibly do? Um, so the other thing I expect them to do is a lot of handoffs to Montgomery, possibly to the left or up the middle. And then, then, of course, the design runs by field. They have been, you know, so Montgomery's been carrying the load since Herbert got injured a few weeks ago. And he's been doing okay. Um, but And that's where the Packers are weak, um, getting getting run up the middle or run anywhere. Um, the other thing, the only thing I can see them possibly trying to do in the passing game is Cole Komet. Yeah. He's currently the Bears' lead, active leader in pass uh, as a pass catcher in receiving in yards and receptions and yeah. receiving yards. And the Packers are only middle of the pack in guarding tight ends, 15th for football outsiders. And, you know, they've historically not been that great at covering tight ends. And Komet is slightly above average as a starting tight end for PFF in receiving as well as pass and run blocking. He, he grades out okay as those two. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I can see as a kind of pass <laughs> pass how, how game. Do you, how do you feel the Packers have done guarding tight ends this year? Like numbers wise or just holistically, how do you feel like we've done against tight ends? I feel like it's been okay. I haven't noticed it so much. But you know, I can't. It's something they've gotten burned. Other years, we had years like just getting burned by everybody. But sometimes it's hard to tell. It's like, well, if you can run for 360 yards, why throw it to the tight end? Fair. Very fair. And, and I we mean, haven't been, and we also haven't faced any of the elite tight ends. Yeah, I think. Who's the best tight end we've faced this year? I would say the best tight end they've played against is, I mean. Goodness, they haven't really played against many at all. I mean, Dawson Knox uh, versus the Bills. He went for, I'm pulling it up right now. We got Knox for the Bills. I mean, he only Hawkins. had two catches for 10 yards, but he had a touchdown, I think. Goddard Dalton was hurt Schultz? when, yeah, Dalton maybe Schultz? Schultz. Goddard was hurt when they played the Goddard Eagles. Goddard was already out. So they didn't have to play him. And we've missed Hawkinson because he wasn't Schultz, on the Vikings yet. Schultz had six for 54 and a touchdown. So probably Schultz. Was probably probably Schultz. It starts with the, the best tight end, I think, uh, that, they've, that they've faced so far this year. Yeah. I mean. so that But though, though DVOA is supposed to be, you know, competition adjusted. That's true. But uh, last time they played the Bears, I mean, it's hard to put any numbers to it because they only threw it for 70 yards. So, Right. The passing game is like, irrelevant yeah. in that game. Yeah. And it may be irrelevant in this game. I was going to say, the Bears offense was irrelevant in that game. <laughs> <laughs> there was the, the passing game wasn't relevant. The run game wasn't relevant. That that was a nice game. I enjoyed that game. Um, but yeah, those are the ways that we think the Bears are going to try and take advantage of the Packers. Dad, do you have anything else you wanted to add there? Or should we move forward? That was it. I mean, it's really... It's a pretty... Because de- there's nothing on the, on the defensive side that you yeah. would say they would take advantage of the Packers' offense. Yeah. Because their defense is straight up terrible. You know it's how... A- yeah, I was really I was looking at this and thinking about this. The Lions, at the time we played them, had been what historically terrible. One of the worst defenses around. I think the Bears are worse. I think this Bears defense right now is the worst defense the Packers are facing all year. Yeah. I mean, it's it's number one, they traded away their two best players. Number two, they're incredibly hurt, like super injured. They have no pass rush. I mean, let's let's get into this because I want to get into this because this is some about how the Packers going to take Packers, advantage. Exactly. The, the Packers of the, of should, emphasis on should, be able to score on the Bears any way they want it. Per Football Outsiders, the Bears have the 31st ranked defense by DVOA, 
And the gap between them and 30 is bigger than the gap between 30 and 24. They have the 31st ranked pass defense and the 28th ranked rush defense. Packers should be able to get it however they want it. Deep shots. Packers should be able to hit those because the Bears are missing both their starting safeties and one of their starting corners. And they already weren't great against the pass to begin with. Right. Even with those guys, they weren't great. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen what Christian Watson can do against like starting caliber, like really good secondaries. So extrapolate as you wish with that information. Um, so offense to defense, why like Packers on offense, they should be able to score. If they can't, it's because Rogers can't throw. That's like the only thing I could imagine to hold them back. And if Rogers can't throw, just don't throw, just run the ball. Just right. They can just run the ball. There's, there should be no reason that they can't score in this game. We said that about the lions game though. So I don't want to speak too soon. Yeah. The one Um, thing about the lions game I'll say is they had just recently, change their defensive, yes, defensive coordinator. coordinator i know and i think they got that little bit of juice you know when you have a, yeah. a change Just that may no, or may not last yeah. very long but they new had a three game tendencies nothing to game plan against yeah they had a three and, game and they had yeah and, and uh two of those three games that packers were one of they got like nine points and 12 points mm-hmm. yeah i'm um, right after the change and before they had been getting up in the 30s every week yeah but so they had that so that was a little bit of a wonky uh yeah, that's true. Um, performance against what we thought was going to be a terrible defense. But just something to point out: Did you? Well, I mean, it was a terrible defense. We threw three red zone, three red zone picks. Let's let's yes. keep that. We also we let's not ball. forget that we actually shot ourselves in the foot three different times. Oh yes, both feet each time. Both. Yep. Did you have anything else for the Packers' offense, or should we talk a bit about how Fields presents? Like Fields presents some threats, but he also presents some opportunities. Because I can talk about that too. Oh, so so um, should I talk about what I have for did you finish what you wanted to say about the Packers' team. offense? Okay, yeah, go ahead. So I'll say what I have about the Packers' offense. So yeah, as I said, the Bears' defense is bad. You already mentioned where they are in in DVO. So I think the the Packers should be able to run and pass. Um, should it sec- should being the operative third. word. They're second to last against the pass, and their um their defensive back with the best best cover grade was Jackson, and he's out. And there are other starting safety, Brisker, who had the second best cover grade. He's also saying, out. I've actually so the two been, best I've been coverage. very best with Brisker this year. Um, yeah, he looked, he's he looked a pretty good actually in that first game, yeah. even. And that was the second game of his career. But they're the two best cover coverage options in the secondary, and they're both out. And Gordon has played the most snaps of any of their corners, and he's out too. Mm-hmm. Yep. None of, so none of their past and even including them. <laughs> Or maybe it's a, none of their pass coverage players are above average by PFF. And the pass rush is also bad. Their pass rush win rate by ESPN is 18th. And their adjusted sack rate per football outsiders is 28th. So they can't cover on the back end and they can't hurry up the quarterback by getting pressure. Yeah. And they still um, have Jalen Johnson, who's a pretty good corner, but the rest of the cupboard is bare. Like there's there's nothing there. Pun intended. Pun intended. And, and their run D isn't as bad as Green Bay's, but it's still in the 20s it's just, by all it's of... It's not saying much. The, the no. Packers' run D is dead last, and it yes. matches the eye test. But they're still you know, in the in the 20s by all of the Football Outsiders' metrics. So it could be another big day for Jones and Dylan, who Hopefully. both succeeded in week... Who both did okay in week, week two, actually. Dylan, uh, Jones had a great day. Dylan had like 60 yards, but his yards per carry weren't... weren't I was going to say, 60 yards on, on eight... Oh, you mean against the Bears the first time? Against the Bears in the ah, first game. Okay. Yes. But he, he looked like he's against the uh, last week, um 
It's the best Dylan's looked all year, I think. Yeah. Um, but let's talk a little bit about some other ways the Packers might take advantage of the Bears. And for me, it's make Fields throw. I know I said a lot of positive things about Fields. He's super dynamic. He's really electric running the ball. He's made some really nice big-time throws, but he will give you opportunities. And I'm going to break some of those down for you now. He's only thrown for over 200 yards once this season and has just 13 touchdowns to eight interceptions. And I know a lot of this is going to come off as Green Bay bias and me sounding like a hater. So I'm trying to stick to the numbers as much as possible. With a minimum of 257 dropbacks per PFF, so that's like half the like maximum number of dropbacks you could have had on the year, I believe, he is dead last in the league in passing grade amongst 29 players. He is second to last in completion percentage. He also takes a lot of sacks. Like we talked about, their offensive lines, ESPN pass rush win rate, it's pretty good, or uh, pass protection win rate, it's pretty good, but... He leads the league in sacks taken at 40 per pro football reference and leads the league in sack percentage at nearly 15% of his dropbacks ending in a sack. That's one in six. The gap between him and second is as big as the gap between second and 32nd. Second and 32nd <laughs> in sack percentage in number of like dropbacks that end in a sack. That's really, really rough. And for an, I would say, borderline anemic Packers pass rush, might be a get-right game. Beyond that, he also turns the ball over a lot. He is tied for the league lead in fumbles at 13 per pro football reference, and he leads the league in interception percentage at 3.5% per pro football reference. That's the percentage of pass attempts that are intercepted. He has eight picks on the year, but it's controlling essentially for the fact that he doesn't throw the ball that much. So 3.5% of no. his dropbacks are, are, of his pass attempts are picked. Okay, all, that, those aren't those aren't pick worthy. Those are just the ones that are yes, picked. the ones that are actually picked. All of this is kind of compounds up to the fact is it's compounded with the fact that he has no receivers to throw to. Darnell Mooney is out. Their leading active wide receiver is Equinemius St. Brown, who has 195 total receiving yards on the year. Chase Claypool, since being acquired for like we said, a top 40 pick, has just seven catches in four games. He's got no one to throw to which is just compounding all of these other issues. And it's a bit of a chicken and egg. Does the fact that the O-line and the receiving core is really bad make his passing numbers look worse? Of course. But the passing numbers yeah. are what they are for this game. This is not like an indictment on his future. <laughs> but we've seen, we've seen quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts last year really lean on the run game, not pass as much, and then develop the next year. Not saying he couldn't do that. But for right now, he's fumbling a lot. He's throwing a lot of picks for how much he actually throws the ball, and he's taken a lot of sacks. And those are all things that the Packers can definitely take advantage of. Yeah, in some ways, you know, you've mentioned that I think in some ways he's actually making his O-line look worse than it is. In some ways. Because he's not entirely holding wrong. the ball too long, can't pull the trigger, can't see the open man, and eventually takes a sack. Yeah, and he has some really nice flash like passing plays. I want to try and like not sound like a homer hater, but... He also has, like, the Lions game, for instance. Had a really nice game, but then threw a pick six right at the end of the game that essentially lost him the game. Like, there, there are moments where he looks good, and then there are moments where you're just like, ugh, not great. Yep. I mean, not to say he, he can't be good passing the football in the future, but right now, no. it's it's not a and, great passing offense. And, and a lot of it we're is... we're just thinking about right now. Exactly. Um, Dad, did you have anything else where you ways you think that the Packers could uh, take advantage of the Bears? 
Um, so I also had the same thing about Fields will hold the ball too long and take sacks or throw picks, and that he's also fumbled a bunch this year. So you know, I think with the, the what the Packers should be doing their pass rush, they just stay in their lanes and collapse the pocket on them mm-hmm. and, and uh, force them into mistakes. They're also, I think you mentioned something about explosive plays there. And so in the passing game, they're 28th in the league in explosive pass rate um, per, I got this from sharpfootballstats.com. And Green Bay is actually fourth best in the league in explosive pass plays against. Um, so I think that's something that has, they have in their favor. Of course, I could have put this, I should have put this back a, a page. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to visit back a little bit because the other half of this actually goes on the Bears exploiting the, the Packers. I had this later, and I wanted to move it up. The The Bears are 15th in explosive run rate run rate in the on offense, and Green Bay is 28th in explosive run plays against, not surprisingly. Not surprisingly at all. So there's a little bit. So what we want to do is force them to try to get explosive pass plays and not have the chance for explosive run plays by – containing and forcing him to either eat it or throw it up for grabs. Exactly. And which just gets us a little bit of what we want to see from the Packers in this game. If you're ready to go there. Yeah. Let's move into that really quick. I also just want to check very fast what the spread is in this game. I would imagine the Packers are, the Packers are minus three in this game. Yeah. I was going to say it's somewhere around three, three and a half. Last I heard minus three for the Packers, according to ESPN. All right, let's go. What do we want to see from the Packers in this game? For me, I just want them to focus on fields on defense running the ball. I want two quarterback spots <laughs> on every play. I, I, one did not cut it against Hurts. If you, it, here's the thing. Question. If fields runs for over, okay, actually, no. How many yards does fields have to run for for Barry to get fired immediately after the game? <laughs> like what, what's the number? Is 150, is 150, 150 enough? 150 is 100 enough. Because you cannot, if you're Barry, let up back-to-back 100-yard rushing games from the quarterback when you know going into the game that that's what's going to happen. And honestly, we talked about this a bit before we started recording. I don't put all of last week on Barry. It's not his fault the defense missed 20 tackles. He had a spy like we asked him to. The spy just couldn't couldn't catch him. The spy couldn't tackle him. It's not entirely Joe Barry's fault. But I think if if Fields runs for more than a buck thirty, I think Barry might get shown the door after the game. Buck thirty. Because I'm thinking if it was a hundred, it might depend on how he gets that hundred. If it's like one eighty yard run, eh, that's one just one play. It's true. If, however, it's five twenty yard runs. <laughs> A little worse. But here's the yeah, thing. that's worse. And it also depends on if the players are in position. I mean, last week was just a, a TED talk in how not to tackle. Um, yeah, the only, thing, the only thing I can think of that was worse is the Alvin Kamara run. Yeah, it's like that. But that was similar. Over and over again. But it was many, many plays. Yeah, and then I just want to see them play with some pride in the secondary. I thought the secondary was really lackluster in energy and effort last week, and I would just like them to play harder. I don't know. Those are my two things that I want to see from the Packers in this game. Did you have any uh, anything you wanted to see? Um, so I have a couple things. Um, so I want to see them play press man on the Bears wide receivers. Question. Because they're not good. Question. Question. Are you sure you want to see them play man when Fields is a threat to run? Because 
I'm thinking they should play a ton of zone because Fields is the only one that can beat them. Okay, so the press man has to come with some other things that come with it. Okay. But their wide receivers are no good and should not be able to beat anybody one-on-one. Um, I want to see them load the box like they against the run like they did against the Titans because Fields yeah. is not as good as passer as Tannehill. And the receiving core, even though the Titans' receiving core is not good, the Bears the Titans at least worse. a first round pick at receiver. The Bears got and nothing. and a guy who's historically been pretty good. Yeah, Woods. what's this? What's this? Bobby Trees is solid, but there was yeah the, the Bears. Whoever they got nothing. They got Bubkus, and they they lost their worst receiver, and it already wasn't very good. Lost their best receiver, their best receiver. Um, I want to see them play a spy against Fields. You want two? I want two spies. And I'm I heard one spy somebody was good enough last week. say this, and I thought it was an interesting idea. Possibly like a safety with more speed instead of Walker. So Ford? So Ford or maybe Nixon versus Fields. And so here I looked up some things. So Nixon's 40 time is 4-4-2. Ford's 40 time is 4-4 flat. Fields is 4-4-6. Walker's is only 4-5-2. For comparison, Hertz ran a 4-5-9. Mm-hmm. So perhaps it would make more sense to have somebody with more speed as yeah. a spy. Because once, and maybe somebody with a little more um, experience, but, you know, Walker took one step out of the way and he had no ch- no prayer no. of catching no. back up to field, um, to Hurts in that last game. And it'd be the same thing here if he. I will get, say, Chris's game speed is a whole lot better than the 4 or 5. That's nine. the thing. <laughs> like that, that yes. he looks way better. His game four, speed five, looks, looked really good in comparison. It did not look like 4 5 9. I agree. Um, and so that's. One thing I thought about the spies, like maybe it makes more sense to spy have safety. a safety. Dude, it's my Jair. I don't even care. <laughs> he's a good tackler, generally. Yeah, he's, but he's probably still too small for Fields. I think Fields probably should still shrug him off. Um, and then on offense, I want to see them start with rushing the ball and some passes to Jones and Dylan because Chicago is also only 18th per DVOA by football outsiders and covering running backs as receivers. And then hit the play actions to Watson across the middle, similar to his play against Philadelphia or Watkins' play against the Bears in Week 2. The Bears on defense, I talked about explosive plays of the Bears' offense versus the Packers' defense. On defense, the Bears are 24th worst in explosive pass plays against and 26th worst in explosive run plays against. So they're bad on defense in all kinds of ways. Oh, yeah. Big plays, everything. I also want to see the Packers convert in the freaking red zone. Yes. The Bears please. are sixth worst in the league in it giving up like red zone touchdowns. Eons ago that the Packers were good in the red zone. The Bears are only twenty first in the league in red zone touchdown percentage. So I'd like to see the Bears bad defense, you know. Yeah. Give the give the Packers offense some of that good home some of that good cooking they need. I would like to see the Packers offense make a bad defense look bad. Yes. Simple as that. Um did you have anything else you wanted to add there? Or should we move on to players we're trying to watch? Let's move on to players we're trying we right. to are you? Who are you keeping your eye on? So who I'm keeping my eye on is not necessarily who I'm expecting to play the best. Yeah, that's 100% the or, same for me. 100% the same so for me. So a guy I'm going to keep my eye on is Kenny Clark. Kenny, man. Kenny's got to play better. Is it time for a bounce back game for Kenny? He's got to play better. If he, play, if he plays well, I don't see how the Bears have any chance in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I don't see them being able to generate enough points on offense to keep up. So that's one thing. He's had a down game. His run defense has been down this year. Um, his pass 
rush numbers, though they're okay, are not as good as they've been in other years. And he's been, and I and I think he actually has been worse lately because he started off the year pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on offense, I want to you know, now that we know that Bakhtiari can't play, and not because of his knee. Yeah, I want to watch how Zach Tom is doing. At least I expect, or whoever's playing left tackle, I think it's going to be Zach Tom because last I time, imagine it's Tom. Last time Bakhtiari had to miss on short notice, it was Zach Tom at left tackle. Yeah, and he knew and it's not. He, and he has pro- more prep than he did that time. That time he right. told him that morning. So it was like you're playing left tackle today, buddy. And uh, it's not an imposing Bears pass rush. No, so there should I want be to see decent, how he does. Yeah, and uh, and how his pass blocking. Really. And then I want to watch Christian Watson. I want to watch see if he gets open across the middle. You know, they can take one to the house again. I want to watch last... him just because it's he's the only guy who's it's really fun to, watch. to see him to get the ball on the watch on the Packers right now. Over the last four weeks, he's yeah. actually leading the team in receiving touchdowns, of course, because it's been six, but also in yards, and is tied for the league lead in receptions with Lazard, and is second to Lazard in targets over the last four for weeks. For the team lead in receptions. For right? the te- for the Packers team lead. Yeah. So he's and he was just named um Rookie of the month. month. Rookie of the month for November. Yeah. Love so, to see. Um, yeah, he's 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 taken over as a uh, wide receiver one. Yeah, and I I hope Dobbs plays because I'd love to see the future of the receiver room. I feel like it'd be a lot of fun for me. Uh, he's one Dobbs. I would like to see how he pairs with Watson if he plays. But the big one to me is Dylan. Um, it's getting down to the time of the year uh, where we're planning for next year, and I would say so far this year Dylan has not shown enough where you'd feel comfortable with him. Uh, taking over for Aaron Jones if they have to move on from Jones because of cap reasons and have Dylan move into a full-time role. I don't think he's shown enough this year to make you feel like particularly great about that next year. Uh, he is coming off his best game this year, though, I would say. And so possibly if he can do enough to finish strong and finish out this year strong, you feel a little bit better about next year and maybe moving on from Jones is m- more palatable. But he's definitely someone I'm going to watch because... Bad run defense, should have a good game. I would just like to see him finish the year strong after having kind of a disappointing showing so far. Is Dylan the Christmas ornaments? You bring him out in December and he just looks great? He has been better in the winter. (laughs) And you know who else has? Kenny. Kenny's usually Mr. December as well. So maybe you'll get that as maybe you get that too. For that, Dad, uh, let's kind of try and wrap this thing up. Score predictions. What do you got? So. The Packers' offense has been doing better. They've scored over 30 in, what, two of their last three games? And the last they've gone. Uh, and so I have them, and the Bears' defense is bad. So I have the Packers 31 and the Bears 17. Nice. I have Packers 35, Bears 28. It's going to be ah. a scoring game, taking the over. Um, I'm assuming, this is all assuming that they let fields run. If they don't, I would imagine it's a bloodbath for the Packers. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling for this game. High scoring. I think the Packers win. I think Rodgers plays angry, but doesn't necessarily play great, but plays well enough for them to get the W. And that's kind of how I think it's going to go. But we will know come Sunday, and we will be bringing you a post game on Sunday that you can listen to on any of your favorite podcast platforms, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, YouTube, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can find them anywhere. 
And so please come check that out if you liked what you heard to here today. Those will be coming out Sunday night. We do two podcasts every single week, one pregame, one postgame. And then come the bye week, we will be doing a little bit of looking forward to next year and towards the draft. Thanks so much for checking us out. Come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Come subscribe to us on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.